And we welcome you inside the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comente here with you alongside, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jillian Edge on this Wednesday. Hump day, we're in the middle of the week. The Kings play tonight after playing yesterday in Los Angeles. I feel like they should just play L.A., the Lakers, or the Clippers, too, because they do well against the Clippers. But these L.A. Laker Kings games, Jill, have been just fucking sick this year. Even though the Kings haven't been fun, those games, especially in Staples Center, have been a lot of fun. So we're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about the uh, Sam Amick athletic piece this morning about McNair, Ronnie McNair having the green light to do whatever is necessary, whatever he wants to do. Novavec meddling that we know of. No, no, no. Well, let's let's clarify. There was a goal in mind of he can do whatever's necessary to meet that goal. Let's not say all avenues are open because they made it clear there's still the goal. a goal of the postseason mm-hmm. while improving currently. Not an either or while. So like an still making the postseason present. So for anyone that's thinking tanking. To me, that took that out the window, at least as of now. Sure. And then we'll end with a a preview of the game tonight against the Hawks back in Sacramento uh, against a a depleted Hawks team, which means nothing because it's the Kings. But let's start with the Laker game first. It was entertaining. Buddy Heald, I think, really, really likes to make the Lakers jealous that they, they didn't stick with that trade that they had in place for him because he lights them up. Every time they play, and especially if it's in Staples. All right, I'm sorry. That was it's not Staples Center anymore, is it? It's the just call it Staples, same way we call Arco Arco. It's okay. Staples, the yeah. Crypto Center or whatever. Whatever. So stupid. Yeah. But yeah, Buddy Hill at 26 points, seven threes. I we I, last episode I asked you, Jill, how many times the Kings lose? Yeah. When Heald hate hits that many threes, and, they were you know, four and zero. Oh. Were they four and zero? Oh? Okay. There you <laughs> now go. they're four and one. Now they're four and one. <laughs> Damn you, but LeBron he got, James. he got the genie bus handshake pregame. Uh, uh, Laker fans were for sure to be put on that. So they're still waiting. Um, there was a bunch of things out there of somehow find a way to, <laughs> yeah, the to, get don't that, want- to get that done. Um, but the thing is, if you add in other teams, sure, mm-hmm. you can get it done. Cool. Um, think about that, but that's, that's, that's what it'll take just to match salary. I mean, cause you're not taking a reason back. So just to match salary wise, you'd have to involve other ones, which you never know could happen. But, um, I did think it was interesting though, that, um, she, she made sure to, to go down there and they gave the handshake and buddy made sure to put the shirt over his mouth, you know, so you couldn't He's good at that. What was being said, you know, the normal stuff that players do. Right. Um, but he's been you know, doing it a lot, but, but funny. Yeah. And it's but, always to the teams that want him. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. He doesn't, that's he doesn't the thing. he plays well against the teams that want him. It's just, we have yet to uh, have anything come to fruition. I wish every team wanted, but he healed then. Yeah. It would just but, be but you know what? It, it made it fun. Those back and forth threes were, you know, LeBron and him were exchanging were, blows, were, you know, and I don't even think they played bad last night. It was the turnover. Had they not had the turnovers, I think they win that game or at least knock them down. Um, the, the Lakers are horrible at turnovers. Westbrook had nine the game before and you let him break a 407 game turnover streak. Um, because I think Mitchell was the only one that actually got in the space and almost, you know, made him turn over the ball, but nobody else really um, forced enough to obviously for him to continue his streak going. Right. Um, and he 
averages like at least three a game. So like, it's not, I mean, uncommon for him to at least have a couple, but to not at least get one, but um, they only have like five as a team. So, I mean, you did nothing to force any kind of. And the Kings at 18. Yeah. And at one point they had like five in a row. I mean, it's just, you can't do that. Um, you, when, when it's a close game and you give them those extra possessions, that's all it took. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's all it took. It's almost impressive looking at the full stat sheet. Cause the Kings were better in every category, 52% yep. from but the that? field, 48, 41 from the three, uh, better from the line, better assists, one more rebound. But yeah, when it comes to the things that can flip a game, Literally. turnovers, blocks, steals, the Lakers were better in all of those categories especially turnovers, like we said, 18 yeah. to five. They had and, like 12 to 15 extra possessions. That's yeah. going to get you every time. <laughs> Westbrook actually had no turnovers, which is That's what I was of. saying. They yeah. broke a 407 game streak. I thought, I'm sorry, of, I thought it was like less than a certain amount, but that's just none. Yeah, No, a none. zero. Like he hadn't had in the, in the playoffs, it was 2020. In a regular season game, it was like 2013 or something like that. No, it was like a legit. And he had nine the game before. That's what I'm saying. Like he has like at least three to four a game. Like that's just a given. You know, that's what you're going to get out of them. Um, yeah. And they couldn't even manage to get one. That's, that's like, that's so king. That's a typical that's, king's yeah. thing that would, that would happen. And then you. Let alone you know, only get them to have five is just crazy. Right. And then you get the other because LeBron's even good usually for a couple turnovers in a game because he's so aggressive all the time. But the Damian Jones on LeBron James matchup by Gentry, I, I don't know. I don't know how other people feel about that. I just feel like that was uh, – I get it, the physicality, the size, and matches up, but I don't know what he was expecting really. Bagley worked what? a little bit in yeah, the previous time but, the, but no one else was really working like so i don't know like they and didn't have everything. anybody else to go to like i don't know i mean unless you put mitchell back in and sit damien but then you're asking like barnes to do it and he outweighs barnes by like how much i just don't know i don't think they had anyone and you throw harkless out there he's getting pushed around i just don't think you had anyone that you could have necessarily put there besides maybe Mitchell. And even then that's a huge height difference. But what got me what too was Gentry's post-game comments. I don't know if you saw that where he said that, um, let me see if I can find the, the quote because it was so the typical of, um, we switched when Oh yeah, we have to stop switching when they got, they got um, them to switch into matchups. They didn't like on defense. Yeah, and it was like, you let them. No, we have to do a better job of not switching when we aren't supposed to. We had matchups we wanted to work and didn't do that. Okay, that's a you problem again. Like we hear that every single time. Um, And even before that, he said that they got us to switch when we didn't want to. No, like you let it happen. Like they didn't force you. You let it happen. Your players on the court let it happen. Like, um, and this is the thing is we've had, three head coaches and yeah it's good yeah three head defensive coaches the last three years so again like you're we keep saying oh change the coach came like not even just the head coach but we've had three people in charge of defense the last three years and nothing has changed we've had the same roster that still does the same stuff 
but like you're swapping out coaches and that's not fixing anything like what's I mean, the talent yeah so at or lack what of. point like do you keep saying like you know we can't keep doing this like we hear it every game like that's all we've ever heard for three years is that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing <laughs> like, yeah we know i yeah. don't I mean, we get it. <laughs> I would hope that it's not, you know, you're not out there losing games and that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I hope, you know, I'm glad they're saying that. Like we were and trying to do, me, we do, we did exactly what we wanted to do. It's like, yeah. I, and to I me, it's, it's more like we keep talking about, like, I don't even keep saying basketball IQ, but like basketball awareness. Like mm-hmm. I, like, I don't think it's guys out there going out there and saying, fuck it. I think it's them generally not being able to process that. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it because they have skills to do other things, but they don't be able to seem to process what is needed on that side of the court. I mean, you can give effort, but at some point they have to be able to understand it. And they, and they couldn't get a stop. And and that's, and that's the thing, like, Mm -hmm. regardless of the game, regardless of the game, like you hearing the same stuff, like it's, it seems to be a fundamental problem. And not that it's easy for any team to guard LeBron, but it does. Right. It brings up again, the fact that they just, I mean, the the fact that you eventually had to get to Damian Jones, a center to guard him just shows the lack of size that these guys have. You're a $1 million guy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. He's been around a bunch of other teams already in just a young career because he hasn't stuck anywhere. You don't have any wing talent. You know, you don't have any size on the wings. That, that. How how can it be any more obvious than than that game alone? Like we don't know who to throw at LeBron because, Harrison can't keep up with him. He's our best. We have bet point guards question. and centers. That's what we have to throw yep. at him. <laughs> we get their Davion Mitchell, who's our best defender, but he's six foot tall, six feet tall, and he's a rookie. And LeBron will just bully him, you know. Although I would love to have seen that if that were to happen, like Pat, Pat Bev, Kevin Durant style. But, but yeah, uh, I mean that's really the general thing. Like, there's nobody on the roster. No, I miss like, Lewis King. I, I would love someone to tell me, um, strength wise, who height and strength wise, who could have maybe Holmes, like if Holmes was available, Hata. I don't know. My guess is that's probably who you would have thrown at him. Yeah. I could have seen that and because I mean, that's, who's going to be on the court, not Jones. Yeah. Holmes is going to be on the court. I mean, that's why Jones is mm-hmm. playing right now. So he's earned those um, minutes too, but not the starting minutes. Yeah. Right. But saying. but in a normal, yeah. In a normal, mm-hmm. you know, healthy world. Um, yeah. Holmes would be, out there jones would be getting his minutes hopefully but holmes would be out there at the end of the game the um, positives i guess from this game is that there wasn't the ultimate third quarter collapse it was more of the back end of the fourth quarter collapse that was yeah emphasized with Straight lebron's buckets. takeover yeah uh, just no resistance on the defensive end and then of course the the jump ball situation uh that was had gentry and fox up in arms after the game which gentry made the point that this is not a, a diss on the refs because the refs did what they're supposed to do. It's, it's just a, a shit rule. rule. Yeah. And it is a shit rule. And that there's no room for adjustment like, um, or ref, like a ref like decision to where like he would be able to evaluate and say sure. like, based on this, because <laughs> I think it was Matt Moore put up was like, okay, well what's to prevent now every home operator from oops, my finger slipped. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, they're not going to do that, but you've left yourself open now that it's, I mean, it, that it doesn't make sense. Um, No, it doesn't. That he, the kid gets punished for pointing something out. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, um, 
we all get it's the rule, but it's clearly um, a shitty rule. And that, that the fact that there's no room for a, um, a ref uh, adjustment kind of to, you know, based on the scenario uh, and is, is lame. I know that I'm confident rather that uh, Gentry will not be the coach next year, but I will enjoy for the remainder of this season. his just every single one of his post-game pressers because the man yeah. has no filter and I can relate he to that. No shits. A, and he gives no shits as a man with no filter yeah. myself. I love it. I love it. Especially when you're frustrated, your team lost in a tough way to a team that they could have beaten, you know, on the road again. Yeah. I, I say whatever, dude, I don't care. And I don't think he'll get fined for that in any way because he didn't insult the refs just kind of insulted the rule, which I don't know if that's something that Adam Silver can find him over for saying maybe, maybe he can. Uh, Fox okay, had a great so we game. just got some, as okay. of now, the plan is for Kada, Lewis King and Robert Woodard to play for the Stockton Kings tonight. Things are fluid with the current state of the league, obviously, but that means Ramsey is mm. um, staying. Good. So interesting. Like Ramsey. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we know, we know they don't like Woodard at this point. Um. <laughs> the yeah at this point it's a roster spot like unless you're using them in a trade i just they must be he's gonna be in a trade he has to be i mean you're not even trying to build anything either no, like, not <laughs> raise his value at all um so it's whatever, yeah, we'll whatever the college tape is that teams have about him that's what you got to go off of uh which which is like is he had promise like i mean oh yeah a lot most people had him mocked at 30 to the the celtics that that was their kind of guy he um, had a poor man's Kawhi leonard and type it of just vibe. um whether it was that off year that knocked something whether his um like i don't know people said he looked bigger wise like and that might have prevented some of his you know skill set mm-hmm. you know changing i i i don't know because now that we say his name, but he can't seem to stay healthy either. And that's, that's true. another, um, so it's hard to get any kind of development we, without being able to play. So, yes, yes. If Woodard was on the bench in that game yesterday, I actually would have, he wouldn't have done it. Gentry wouldn't have, but that's a guy I would have, <laughs> I would have thrown at LeBron because he's a truck. He's a, a wing player. He's not as tall as LeBron, but he's physical. You know, he's a PJ Tucker. I think that's a better analysis. I think I had heard him compared to PJ Tucker when he got drafted. That would have been a better bet than the $1 million center Damian Jones. Uh, but unfortunately, he's in purgatory at this point. Fox had a great game. Uh, 30 points, six assists, three rebounds. Kind of shutting up Carmichael Dave after his comments on the radio yesterday about, well, I don't even need to go down that that tunnel, but he's stirring the pot, Carmichael Dave is. It must be, I think I saw John Bull retweet it and say it must be a slow content day at 1140 because – they were spinning something there. What I will point out though, Jill, I don't know if you take anything of this. I just feel like we haven't had many games when Fox and Halliburton are together playing that they both play at a high level. Halliburton wasn't terrible yesterday, but he wasn't the Halliburton we had seen when Fox was out. He was seven points, nine rebounds, four assists. He went back to being like not as aggressive. Then he missed he the had shots. Had a couple games where he was aggressive with Fox right. back, and then it was my thing that I've kind of noticed about him too is his sh- if his shots don't fall early in the first three he shot did not he mm. he doesn't keep going at it right um, and I think that's something a young player is going to have to 
to adjust because there was a like a four minute, three to four minute stint where he played without Fox right in the first quarter, first and partial second. They had 12 possessions. He shot it once and they had five straight turnovers during that during that stretch too. good stat. Um, And so to me, in 12 possessions, you should be shooting more than once with especially with some of the other players on that you're playing with having to play with that like um to me that's where you can maybe use that to get in a rhythm where you were off the last you know the first your first three shots um I also think he did a better job in the second half where within the first couple minutes he got four shots up right away so already went you know and yeah and then him and Mitchell had a little bit better of a second rotation together um, that second half, but yeah, I just felt like he got, he was not aggressive again, but again, like I'm, I can't blame that on Fox because Fox wasn't even in like, mm-hmm. that's my thing is we, it is, I, people were commenting to me on it again, like, oh, he's back. So now he's not going to do this, but he did it the last three games with him back. Like, I mean, so my thing is that's a, his mentality. Nobody else should be affecting that. The rest of the team has been has been telling him, regardless of who is on the court, stay aggressive because he passed up open shots. And then the, he was even going a little bit slower, like he was thinking too much about it because he was off. Yeah. Um, that my thing it, that it's just something, again, a young kid's going to have to adjust. And that's part of me also being scared of throwing the reins at him too early because I don't want to mess the guy up either. <laughs> no, and we've done um, that enough. Because then everyone's going to be, if he does this without Fox, then it's going to be trash Halliburton. And I don't want to do that. So yeah, um, uh, 10 field goal attempts, Fox at 21. So it, he was not, he was, I, I've said it like this before. I just don't think when he's with Fox on the court, was hot. but he was hot. He doesn't look to do that anymore. He looks to be that glue guy, which is great. That's what he's, you know, he, that's what makes him an awesome player and a likable guy is he does everything. But I just wish that he would remember that just because Fox is scoring doesn't mean you need to stop scoring or try and dish it to him. Like, keep shooting yourself, dude, if you get yeah, shots. Because there were multiple times where Fox was in the corner and Halliburton was initiating and mm-hmm. got rid of it. Like, yeah, go get your points, dude. Take it. Yeah. So, Fox again, was, like, that's that's his. You don't need to delegate to Fox. Got a, um, well, Fox wasn't even involved. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Fox was standing in the corner. So it's not even Fox ended up with a shot. Like, so at some point, like that's a, you now need to like, we put him in the corner. You need to now like do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the ball never even went back to Fox. Like I was around and was like trying to pay attention to see sure. like what. Um, and it was a, like, one of them was a force pass to Damian Jones. Um, and he did a bounce pass instead of giving it, getting it up. And it, resulted um in a turnover and so sometimes i just think again he gets too complacent and we've said this all year regardless of who he's playing with and and not so um that's just something because again even when fox sat down and he's on the court by himself like the mentality didn't change and that's where i have the issue just as much it it wasn't like fox was there and so you have to defer back to him no like it was you and mitchell you shouldn't be deferring to mitchell (laughs) um or to len which you did like three times it cost her nervous so it's like to me like he just needs to stick with the aggressive all the time mentality or to take advantage when your time comes regardless of who is on the court with you 
it's weird. It is a weird thing. It's definitely a mental thing because we, we know the coaches are telling him to shoot. We know Fox is telling him. Fox said that to him. You know, people try to make this a bigger thing than it was. Fox's first game back, he told Halliburton, just keep doing you. Keep doing what you've been doing. No, don't care that and I'm he, here. Like I said, he had three shots early. They didn't fall. And so I felt like he just went away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So again, like that's the just as much heels. where it wasn't like he kept trying to go at it. And that to me is as much of a, an issue as who's on the court. Like if he had kept going at it, then we're not saying he's not being aggressive with Fox on the court. He got three shots right away when Fox was hot. He just yeah. didn't make them and then went away from it. Yeah. Um. So when, when, we see when Fox is out there with Buddy. Buddy takes as many shots as he wants. Like That's not a problem for Buddy Hill. Barnes, we keep telling him to shoot more. It's the same kind of thing. Like that no one's taking away these guys' shots. It's just they're also passing them up when they're being passed to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not like they're not getting the ball. And so that's that's frustrating. Um, and I think too, when Buddy's hot, um, he takes a lot of the shots away as well. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Um, you... and, and Halliburton will find him. Like that's Halliburton style too. And I don't, I don't fault that either if Buddy's hot. Um, so you look at the, uh, the bench. Cause only four guys came off the bench yesterday. Healed Mitchell Len was a turnover machine towards the end. He had three turnovers uh, by the end of it. And then Harkless was back in the rotation for this game. Heald had 18 field goal attempts. The second most was Mitchell who had nine. So, understandably because he had the hot hand, but the, and we've, we've said this many times throughout this season, the bench unit is pretty much just buddy healed. And then when buddy doesn't do well, then we have no idea who's like someone needs to step up and usually someone doesn't. And then the Kings lose the game. So we can also point out the fact that the bench unit didn't really give enough outside of healed. Although oh, they were shorthanded. Yeah. We know they were shorthanded. Uh, I'm starting to like um, Alex Len less and less. I've said this also before, but I don't know. He just is kind of a frustrating player. I know Christina Warner was, he hasn't, he hasn't been in any kind of rhythm. Like, yeah, yeah that's fair. He's just, been in and out a lot. Um, but I'm just saying like that. He seems kind of like a rhythm player. And mm-hmm. um, like this happened when he was in Toronto at the beginning of last yeah. year. Um, yeah. And he Having got, trade, and he got dropped. Right. And then Washington picked him up and he was in a great rhythm there when we traded for him um, from what was it? Atlanta. Um he was not playing well. And then he had the best second half of his career with us. It was just, he got in that rhythm and he's, he's just never found that this year um, here, unfortunately, or if he did, he had like a bunch of, you know, DNPs after that. And then it, um, it kind of COVID. flared out um, again, but yeah, I'm looking at the box score. So what was it against Miami? Um yeah, Halliburton only had um he had 12 of six, but only shot the ball six times. And Fox only shot the ball 12 that game, but he healed at 18. Um, so it wasn't like Fox took away um and but Jones went off that game and had like right. nine attempts. So that's even more. So I think there are some nuances depending on like who's hot that game. I mean, we see with this team that there's like, you know, not really any kind of um I can count on this guy getting so many shots a game. Right. There's no Against Dallas, it was 10, and Fox had 14. Um, I'm fine with 10. Bagley had 14 shots that game. Um, Metu, Metu had 13. Um, so it's just like there doesn't seem to be um, 
any kind of consistency no. between any of them in no. like how many shots it's which i don't mind if you're fighting the hot hand like i'm all for that like we've said i'd rather have you win because you played smart basketball than forcing something that's mm-hmm. not necessarily there for an empty stat um the first game against dallas he had 13 shot attempts and fox only had 12 so he had more than fox that game and had the assists. and so and with fox backs he's still getting all the assists it's just his shots, um, his field goal attempts has fluctuated. But like I said, I went back through all those three games and you saw three different players have three different hot games that hadn't necessarily had hot games before. And so um, even Fox himself had lower field goal um, attempts. So yeah. I know we want to throw everything on Fox can- all the time, but I will say that there are some if you go and look at the box scores, there's nuance to things too. So. Absolutely. And if, if we want people shooting field goals uh, at high clips for the Kings, more often than not, we want it to be Fox Halliburton. And then if he's hitting them doing well, we want to see, yeah, but he shouldn't be having more shot attempts than Halliburton. No. Like, and I mean, that's, and that's not a Fox problem. <laughs> nope, not a Fox problem. It's a met <laughs> so, thinking he's yeah. God. Problem. Um, yeah. So, well, let's get to, and again, um, none of this is preaching Fox stay or go. This is just, no, we want conversation of there are plenty of people getting shot not, attempts outside of um, the two that we talk about. Until that happens, the Fox, if it happens or we hear some rumors, I'm going to try, Jill. I know you are probably the same. I'm just going to stay off that sinking ship or it, it, that that I don't even know what the and word is. There's no shit guarantee. Show. Like there's plenty of options and no one move is a guarantee. Like, sorry, no. like there's no guarantee for Kings fans like there isn't. Um, and so to me, you can't sell me that something is a guarantee to change something mm-hmm. like it's we not, no idea. we have no idea. If you make a smart decision. Awesome. Like we said, we'll support it. If it equals wins, we're all about it. Like we don't care. Um, but I'm also not just going to force something because you think something doesn't work right now. Like I'm not about selling, um, low on some of the few talent we have like it it makes me laugh that people are mad that they got rid of bogey for nothing and are perfectly okay with sending fox for nothing not everyone thinks he should go for nothing but i've had plenty of comments sent to me that they just want him gone completely and it's addition by subtraction and i just i can't sorry and they're emotional agree with that Um, but if you're getting legit talent back Sure. Again, everyone's everyone is available on a right. bad team. Yep. Best way of putting so, it. No, no shitty team gets untouchables. It just doesn't happen unless there's just some guy that you're like, okay, this is the dude. Everyone else, we need to figure it out. Where right now with this team, I wouldn't say again, Tyrus Halliburton probably has the biggest case, but I wouldn't say anyone's the guy. None of these guys right. are the kings. We don't know. Like the, yeah. the, the, and, the and Jason person. Jones, yeah. Jason Jones had a great comment yesterday with D'Lo and KC you know, guys weaknesses, right? Like we know where guys are having problems, but if you keep running back the same thing over and over, you're going to have guys keep playing outside of what they're good at to try and fix these other things that could be prevented. If you had just changed things around, Mm -hmm. like you just keep running the same non-working thing back and you're making guys again, play outside of maybe what they could be good at. Um, 
to try and, you know, facilitate other people's shortcomings and things like that. So it's when you keep writing the same thing back, why we were optimistic and hoped that something could change. But again, why were we necessarily expecting change when we've seen the same thing not work for three years? Yeah. No, we're, (laughs) I mean, we were optimistic as fans because we're fans. Like, right. We, we're always going to hope for good things. But again, they just showed that this team together apparently is just not capable of it. (laughs) No matter how many times we try it and and force it, it just does not seem to. And uh, I think Monty McNair knows that. And I think the management knows that. I think Vivek Ranadive knows that. I just think they're using their time, which is annoying because we don't have patience. We want to see something change now. But McNair has been described, and I think uh, Sam Amick used this word exactly, was he's just pragmatic. He's not going to rush to something. He's going to try and find the right deal at the right time. And and we know when that happens, he'll, he'll do it. And hopefully it won't fall through because of some league rule or because of some other team hopping in and offering a different trade. We've gone through enough with this bullshit in trades with McNair at yeah, the home. And, I hope and I'm perfectly okay with the like weight approach. But to me at some point, like with every other team, you have your plan, right? They've had their plan for two years. If it's just not there, at some point you're going to have to pivot because you're just plan. wasting. You're yeah. wasting seasons at that point. And yep. every other team has done it. Because to me, you can still swap some pieces. And if you're looking at guys with big salaries, again, you're still having to send out guys and get salary back. So pieces you take back will still be able to fit in big salary things. But at some point, you have to start splitting some of that up. Yeah. Like they were going to do buddy into splitting it into two, right? Like, and that would have given you two more pieces to move. My just thing is we've never seen him be able to pivot from a failed move. And the good teams find ways to land a pivot. We, we heard about Memphis multiple times this off season. They talked to us about Valanciunas they then made the move with New Orleans. Um, they sent off Grayson Allen for, um, you know, a younger talent, but it dropped salary. Like, we we have such a huge, we went over that cap space too, right? Like, we have, we're huge in, in cap space compared to wins. At some point, like, you have to change something. Yep. And, and I get that he's waiting for that big blockbuster move. Every team is. Like that's the problem. Um, and so if it doesn't happen, what are you going to go year three now and pray that it happens and then not change anything? Like we'll at some point you have to have to adjust. And granted, he did adjust with, you know, the deals that didn't work. But again, the deals that didn't work don't help us. There, there, There's been no backup plan to those deals or they failed. We, we have no idea, right? Because we're right. not privy to, to the conversations. All I know is that plan A hasn't happened yet. And apparently plan B and C haven't happened yet because we saw B and C and, you know, or we saw B and it didn't work. Um, and we have yet to see C. So um, I'm waiting to see A and C at this point. Yeah. They, uh, it, it's just, you know, right now McNair's tenure is about what could have been and not what actually has happened. Nothing's really happened. If you take a second and think about, where this team was, and I know people have done this. I know the Kings Herald guys have 
broken down, like on the roster, who was there with Vlade in charge. Now who's still here with McNair in charge. Not that much has really shuffled. The coaching has changed slightly because Mick or Gentry was already here or Gentry was hired in yeah. McNair's first year. I mean, year. the draft picks, right? Like that's the, it's it. literally the draft picks. Chemeze Metu is a waiver claim. Lewis King, who's probably played almost entirely in the G League. Alex Len coming back. Terrence Davis getting acquired, then being forgotten as a player on this team. And then brought, you know, back on the team or brought back uh, on the, in the rotation. And Terrence Davis, what I'm trying to say here, and I'm like having a stroke while saying it. It's like him and Mo Harkless are those guys that have runs and they probably do well, or they, 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 they help the team and then they're forgotten about for a while. And then they come back and then they get forgotten about. It's a weird thing. It's, they just haven't figured out what they want to do with those guys yet. So in my opinion, get rid of them. If you don't really know what they're going to do for you, then let's, let's stop jerking them off, jerking them around, <laughs> jerking them off, jerking them around. It's not fair to them. And it's just getting annoying, but yeah, McNair has the green light. That's not really news. We know that we figured that he had Vivek's blessing to blow this roster up. The catch though, of course, Jill is if he's going to blow it up, it needs to be for the betterment of the team. Right. Yes. And, and my tank. problem with that is their salary being so high is they've eliminated themselves from being able to take on contracts for assets. You know what I mean? Like we're bad teams, right? We're either insert themselves in 13 deals or take on a bad contract for a first. Like we've eliminated ourselves from, from doing that by keeping the, this high salary. Like to me, like there are like ways that you can move. It doesn't have mm. to be all one way, like all the other. And like, that's all we ever see. It's yeah. either we're waiting for the big thing or like we're sitting in the middle, like doing nothing. Yep. Um, and they don't even have a roster spot open to even take anything at this point. Um, you know, eventually that, again, that could always change. But that's more my thing is, is you see the teams that have passed us um, and, and their development. And it's by allowing themselves flexibility to not just go one, one way. Yep. Um, it's, it's trying multiple things with it. And so, um, and again, I know it takes two to tango, but um, it's, it's, exhausting just yeah. wait because again you we can say they picked a lane based on right this wording of we want to what was it um what was the thing they're motivated to make the kind of move that would both bolster their chances in the present right bolster their chances in the present while also giving them a way for sustained success in the future that's every guy, team like, right that's you want a guy that's a good player that's under contract for years to come Cool. Um, You're probably going to have to give up the guys then that are under contract. I mean, that's like the Atlanta deal. I would say like maybe that's being, that's being floated around where it's Gallo and um, Reddish for a player. To me, that could be considered where you're getting two, right? You're getting a two for one. So that could bolster your chances this year. Right. But you also got a young player that you can now start on a new contract possibly um, and see what, you know, and, and, presumably less than 20 million. Right. Um, and see what you can do there. Like to me, that's the kind of right. thing, or even if you, um, the Patrick Williams, right. We were talking, we've heard Chicago the popular about one, possibly wanting grand or Barnes. Um, and they were talking, um, you know, Patrick Williams and maybe a fur, like there there's different, um, different iterations of that, but like those things I can see, but again, I can see other teams being interested in that kind of stuff too. Um, so it's, again, it's hard. Um, smart teams pursue smart trades. It's, 
But again, like you can say you want to go on this lane, like, and they can say they've picked their lane. Great. Fine. We want the star. We want to do all this stuff. But until you actually do something to get in the lane, you're still in no man's land. Like you haven't picked the tanking lane and you haven't picked the, um, I'm going to try and, you know, slowly bolster or whatever. Like you're, you're still in the no lane. man's land because you haven't done anything to actually get in a lane. Um, so it's just more talking to me, right? Like, and the fact that, how sad is it that that, like that article has to even exist to me, that's every team out there right now. Who's not maybe like already the Houston, right. Who's already at the bottom or something like that. Every team's looking to make themselves better and prolong success. Like that's the definition, right. Of, of what a GM would be trying to do. You can say, OKC is even doing that just in a different way. Right. Like they're trying to get better for their prolonged success. But the fact that Sacramento even has to be mentioned in that and that Vivek's still letting him do it, that tells you everything still with the state of this place. And, and that, again, you, you can say all you want, you know, who's in charge, who's not, what you, they can do, what they can't do. Until something's done, it's just words. I think you just answered it there, Jill. It's You're talking about the Kings. You're talking about the team with the longest postseason drought, the biggest, the most dysfunctional franchise. In the NBA, if you were to ask NBA fans, just 10 NBA fans, line them up, say, what's the most dysfunctional NBA franchise in your mind? I bet you 9 out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, are going to say, well, the Kings. Kings are probably the most dysfunctional because that's their reputation. I mean, yeah. So the fact this article exists. Detroit is, and Houston are worse than us, and you don't see you no. know, articles out there saying, oh, the owner is going to let right. the GM do this. Like, right. no. <laughs> you took my train of thought. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. So it's because our owner has this reputation, so it's felt like it's important to report for Sam Amick by the way, guys, Vivek's chilling right now. Like he's not nosing in and everything as he does in the past. That's the only reason this exists is because Vivek has made that reputation for himself as a, well, as a piss poor owner. And so now we got to get like touch base. Like what's Vivek up to today? It, it's ridiculous. And then the Ben Simmons, they threw Ben Simmons in there as uh, <laughs> we're still interested. Cool. Knew that. Don't care anymore. Nothing new there. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's going to be up to Maury, not to the Kings. Right. As we know, because they want the all-star player back. Um, yeah. And their all-star player back that they wanted might be shut, might be getting ready to shut down for the season, which creates a whole nother wrinkle for the Kings because Portland is under us, I think, right now in the standings. So who knows what happens there? I, I mean, these other teams are helping the Kings unintentionally, of course, but. Like, I mean, and I don't, I don't blame Portland, Portland for that. Antonio. Like I would, if, if that's my franchise guy and he's been hurt since the summer and you just had your other, you know, star player with him go down with the collapsed lung. And well, I mean, they just, it's been a shit show for them all year. Um, and, and his stomach isn't getting better. And if you read about that, it sounds extremely painful. It's like your stomach muscles, like where your six pack, it like sticks to your pelvis. Like it just sounds yep. extreme. Like even just moving sounds like it would be painful. Um, so why would you even risk that? Like, yeah. regardless if you keep him or want to trade him away, like I wouldn't want it to get worse. No. <laughs> and, uh, and if that's the only way you can keep your pick this year, because you traded it. And I think there might be some protections on it. Then. I, I still hold by the belief that you talk about two to tango. The person that's going to probably end up tangoing first, dancing, stepping up to the dance floor and grabbing his hand, Monty McNair's hand is going to be Daryl Morey just because they have that relationship and they have what the other needs, you know, or wants uh, a change. 
I, I, I think that if, maybe if Maury wants to get rid of, or if he wants uh, De'Aaron Fox and the Kings are willing to give De'Aaron Fox and McNair wants Ben Simmons, I, you know, obviously I would say that's the most realistic trade more so than Halliburton going for Simmons. I just, he's going to have to eventually talk with teams that he has relationships with. And maybe oh, that'll, sure. that'll, well, but yeah. It, I mean, but, but if he's really, truly holding out for Damon Beal, then Fox isn't going to move. Yeah, I, don't believe, I, I don't believe that. Um, I think he's that's where the difference is. Like if, if he finally accepts that that's not going to happen, um, it'll be interesting. No, more. He's going to see the clock ticking down and decide I need to, I need to figure out something. Uh, we are Shaquille O'Neal on the Celtics days away from the trade deadline. So 36, um, <laughs> 36 days, February 10th at uh, 12 PM, our time here in California and on the West coast, a lot of days, a lot of time for things to change. We know things will, we know the Kings will probably go through their peaks and valleys as they do. But now we know with uh, confirmation from our most trusted source, I would say, and Sam Amick, that McNair does have permission to do things. If he ever decides he would like to do something, uh, it's just it's getting getting tired. Like we're we're all fascinated on Monty McNair, who right now is probably the most boring human being in the organization. The guy's the guy doesn't you know he dresses the same every day. He he uh, always has a super dad like Van kicks. He's rocking. He's always like super friendly, you know, dabbing up Katie Christensen and Kyle Draper. And it's like you're just like here right now, dude. That's really all you are. You're like you're as important to me as the secretary because you're not. You're just hanging out, you know, taking the paycheck. Living the American dream. Until you make that first significant move, then you've taken over the team. And that, I'll go back to Jason Jones again. Until you make the move that really changes this roster from Vladi's to yours, yep, it, it's still that limbo phase. You're just living rent free, dude. And it's just, yeah, it's a good, it's a really good way of putting it. Until you make the switch from what Vladi did to something you did, then you've done nothing. This is still Vladi like Divas. You drafted. Team. That's all you've done. Cool. Yeah. And you did a good job at it. We, we, we've all admitted it. We, we, he's done better with those two picks than we think Vladi would have done with those two picks. Hasn't translated to actually anything, though. So in that sense, it's Because your poor, core problems still remain. <laughs> right. Nothing else has changed. Um, tonight, we're going to close out here just previewing the Hawks game. The 16-20 and 20 Hawks, been a disappointment this year, but they've dealt with so many injuries and now have been dealing with COVID. You know, stop me if you've heard that from every other NBA team by this point. Three and seven yeah, in their last Bogey 10. Was get, Bogey was getting ready to come back and he's from his injury like the same day, I think. And then it was, he got yep. taken out. He's in um, protocols. Um, John Collins is in protocols. Uh, his is, I think he just came out, but they're not going to play him because of conditioning. I want to say there was a new Collins? tweet that came out. Yeah. Okay. That's um, a win for that, the Kings. That he came out. But yeah, it's conditioning, which we've seen a couple other teams do at this point where they're going to throw them in on Friday after they get a, you know, a, a little workout with them. I think the Kings did that with Len too. Right. Um, no, they for did. some guys that might've been feeling it more than, more than others. Yeah. So you're, you're facing a team that's had a, a similar type of arc or, uh, you know, themes this year <laughs> of just ups and downs, adjusting to the ever-changing NBA landscape. They're uh, in Sacramento. Then they travel to Denver and then they go to Portland. They're doing a little you know, West Coast traveling. Uh, and then they'll be back home next Monday to play. Well, it's a, geez, how long is this homestand? I've run out of space. They have a five-game homestand. They have a lot of home games, Jill. Five-game homestand starting January 10th against the Cavaliers. And then they have what will probably be their longest road trip of the season. 
That's five games starting January 22nd. I do love, I've said this, the NBA symmetry, where if you play four home games, then guess what? You're going to now play four you're road sent games. Off. <laughs> yeah, you're sent off for four road games. It's just like they're doing their best to balance things out, which comes with obviously playing in the pandemic. You're trying to keep things you know, very simplistic. They're not trying to travel as crazy in, in these times. But yeah, Hawks tonight, I, we, I don't really even know what to say about the game. I haven't watched the Hawks enough, if I'm being honest, and it's not going to look like the Hawks. They've, they've been having some trouble, but it's also for the fact that it's like every other team. It's it's a different team almost playing every yeah. night because of, um, you know, protocols and injuries. So Trey Young um, and Cam Reddish are questionable. You know, yeah, I, I, Trey Young put up a 50 piece the other day and they still yeah. lost. So there you go. Cause he's got um, no help really. Uh, we hope to see Cam Reddish if he does play. I know people will want to like do their own little scouting reports on him. Uh, yeah, their last game, the Hawks last game. Okay. My phone's freaking out and I lost it. Who do they play, Jill? Do you remember? They played the Trailblazers. The Hawks Hawks played the Trailblazers on Monday in Portland, lost by five, 136 to 131. Uh, No defense in this game whatsoever. So there's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, Skyler May. Here's some of the guys that are playing for the Hawks right now. Skyler May, second-year guard out of LSU, I believe. Yep. He was there two, one of their two ways last year, I believe. He was. And I was playing a lot uh, because they need him to. Timothy Luau Cabaret, who's... Always been a really good corner three shooter everywhere he's gone. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and then Lou Williams, we'll see some with the return of DeLon Wright coming off the bench. Chris Clemens is on uh, the Hawks right now. He's got uh, some Rockets connections. McNair was mm-hmm. on the staff when they brought him over. He used to be, you know, a, a kind of a key factor off the Hawks or the um, Hornet. Jesus, Rockets bench. Rockets. Um, for a year there or two when they had yeah when he Harden gets hot he gets hot yeah yeah he's a score and he's, he's doing that in the g league too which is you know one of the reasons atlanta grabbed him it was smart but yeah um, uh, yeah their defense isn't the same as as last year either and and there was no. that comment by trey right like a month or two ago about how now that we actually made it to the playoffs it's like getting them their mindset to be yeah that's a weird quote um like Maybe just because they felt that, and so it it was a totally different feeling, and now it's um, like they've had lack of motivation there, or something. But it's um, but I almost feel like that whole streak they had going in with that kind of mentality. It was the new coach, right? Like going into it, um, and now it's um, it just has not hasn't worked out. No, for it a hasn't. variety of, and um, it's been that's been a reason. Right. There's no guarantee. What do we say? There's no guarantee. <laughs> nope. And there's a league wide theme league wide this year. Uh, it's a lot of chaos, a lot of things yeah. that are, that are hurting this, a lot of teams in the same way, COVID injuries, just a downfall in play. Like the Knicks are a prime example of a team that had these high expectations last year after making the playoffs, playing the Hawks. <laughs> and they've been a disaster really in terms of yeah. how they were expected Their to play this year hasn't been the same either. Yeah. This is um, the thing with Thibodeau though. You'll and, get, you'll get you one know, or and, good two and, good years. And Fournier hasn't really fit that, that I'm mindset shocked. either. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, then they tried to blame it on Kemba. Yeah. Um, poor Kemba. What did he do wrong? It just hasn't. Yeah. But He's I mean, individual play players like RJ Barrett has taken some leaps and things like that, mm-hmm. which is cool. But as wise, well. It just hasn't, um, Oh my God. But I watched a, a, a clip yesterday, but like, this is the kind of thing and it's with the league. And I'm sure this, I can, I, you couldn't see Thib's face, but I can only imagine um, they were on a fast break 
and quickly had it and then passed it down. Um, and then he was trailing and then it came back to him. And instead of going for a layup, he literally stopped like three, three, four feet from the basket, turned around, ran to the top of the three-point line, shot a three and missed it. And there were no Knicks there, players there to, <laughs> to rebound. And then they lost the possession, but it was like giving up the what? short two yeah. to take it and run back where it's the like most just, extreme case. But I mean, but it's like plays like that, where it's like, if you're not necessarily doing smart things like that can, you know, yeah, things like you- that can add up. Even if he um, hits that, everyone probably still like that was stupid. Why would still you do a that? bad shot, right? Yeah, like it's, still a horrible know. shot. But like that's kind of the league right now, where it's just kind of um, chaos. And then you know, like another team like the Pacers, they have a lot of talent. A lot of talent. It just doesn't work together, or at least it hasn't. And so, right. and they're going to nuke another it. situation where. Um, but their their owner also came out and said, "I'm not just going to get rid of these guys to get rid of them." So. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, there's going to have to be a conversation there too, where it's, um, you know, that that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, Maybe I that's... mean, there's plenty of teams with talent out there that yeah. just are not executing this year too. And so it'll be interesting to see how many of these guys really are on the block. Um, and how much was like, Oh, we tried, but we're not accepting, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, less than the Pacers and Kings do make also a feel great amount of sense as partners if they can find that balance because you've got two teams with cores that aren't working that are wanting to make a change uh, have new coaches but veteran coaches at that in charge that are wanting to win they're not there for like a rebuild so that that is also a matching yeah, that could be interesting align a lot of interesting things we've been saying that a lot at these end of these episodes because the nba continues to be chaos it's really just chaos so amidst the chaos teams are trying to figure out who they are and the kings are top that list we will uh, talk about it more on Friday. We're going to maybe try and get ourselves a guest like we uh, have done on Fridays. We've had the past few Fridays off because of the holidays. Uh, if we can't get a guest, guys, we'll have Jill tap back into her coaching candidate list to get back into that. And uh, other than that, that'll that'll end the Wednesday show. Let's see if the Kings can answer with a win back in Sacramento tonight. I will not get my hopes up. Where do I really even <laughs> care anymore, uh, truthfully? I just, just another that. game. <laughs> just watch the highlights afterwards and pretend like I was there and watch the whole thing. You do though. Jill Edge never misses a game. Always watching. I, I even if I don't see it live, I'll go back and watch it so that I know at least. What right. Happened. I'm just out here making shit up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Have a good rest of your day. See you later, dudes.